everybody so this is going to be really fun i decided to do this video just as a live stream because uh, i was having some problems with my camera and so i thought this would be fun for all of you uh, and if any of you have seen the movie and you want to talk about it, you can. And so I've seen Beauty and the Beast, the new version, twice. And I've taken detailed notes about it. And so I have a lot to say. And this is a very nitpicky review. review. This is this is going to point out spoilers. This is going to point out little things, uh, both mostly... Uh, Mostly, I wouldn't say it's negative, but but just uh, just little changes and little things. Uh, and uh, so, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like that and just likes to go to the movies and have a good time, that's fun. If you really like getting into all this analysis, then this is the uh, video for you. If you don't like that kind of thing, do not watch this video. You'll hate it. So there you go. <laughs> oh hi, I have the chat room open. And so this is great if you want to add your comments. They're also obviously going to be super spoilers. So don't complain to me in the comment section because you've been warned. So here we go. Let's We're going to start talking about the very beginning of the film. They open with a new prologue. And it, start, it has some similarities between the old prologue. But they actually show you the events as opposed to it being on the stained glass uh, window. And this is a fine scene. I don't have a problem with this scene, but I don't think it really tells you anything new about the character. We already know that he is selfish. All of us know what that looks like. And so I think seeing it play out, I know the exact same thing that I knew about the character at the beginning of the, uh, of the scene as I did at the beginning, at the end of the brief scene in the animated film. It doesn't help me any really. And, uh, and so it's very pretty and they did the costumes really well, uh, of all the dancers and everything, but I don't think this prologue really adds anything to the character of the beast. You do get a brief song from, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh Nogfero says, I didn't like that. They didn't use the glass. Yeah, I know. I, I would have liked the glass, but they have a brief song called Aria here. And I was just shocked at how short the song was because you have Audra McDonald, four time Tony winner that I uh, could have done an amazing song. And she's beautiful in this, in this song, but it's so short. It's like maybe one verse of the song. And I think it was actually a mistake to cast her to hire her. And you think, how could that be a mistake to have a four time Tony winner in your broad, in your musical? The problem is, is that she's a four-time Tony winner, and she's so much better than everybody else that it just it, it, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. And uh, there's one scene, or there's one moment later on where uh, Emma Watson sings, or when, when Audrey McDonald sings, and then it goes to Emma Watson. You're like, oh dear, not good. Uh, it just it makes it seem, it's just so glaring how much worse all these other people are than Audra McDonald. So, uh, and it says, I know he says in the comments that could have been so much more artistic and interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So the Enchantress comes into the party and I'm a little bit confused about sort of what time this is, uh, in the, in the, in this version, because it looks kind of like Marie Antoinette and like the stuff going on in the town and everything like that seems way later. And so, I, and even the behavior, I don't feel like the servants behave like people 
that were from the the uh, Marie Antoinette kind of, I don't know all the names for the different periods, but it doesn't feel like that kind of aristocrat. It, doesn't, it feels more like something from Downton Abbey or something from the 20s. And so I think it's a little bit confusing. The way they're dressed feels definitely very Marie Antoinette. And and so uh, it, 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 it's, it's a little bit confusing. And so I'm a little bit confused about this beginning part. Then uh, the... <laughs> now he says, Emma Watson's voice was so auto-tuned. I thought it was a joke. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we'll talk definitely way more about that. And so it's a little bit confusing because, uh, you know, one of the questions that you got of the animated movie is that you have all of these, like every spoon, every fork, everything is all people. Like in the Be Our Guest scene, how many people work in this, in this castle? Well, in this one, it's at this party. And so I kind of wondered, is everyone at the party also cursed? But then it says, it's just the people who live there. But that's confusing too, because why is Chip there? What is his purpose in the house? And and why is he at this party? That's confusing. And And why is Mr. Potts away from his family? That's never really sort of explained. And that's like super tragic. And it's sort of treated as kind of, Oh, he's just a, sort of a lovable guy that's forgotten, kind of like um, uh, Michael, I think it is. Or John, I can't remember in a in Hook. It's kind of how it's treated. So I was a little confused on the timeline and why Chip was there and who was cursed and why they were cursed and what's going on. And one of the themes that I had an issue with uh, in this film is they try to make the servants uh, and the household objects. They try to make them sort of accountable or uh, at fault for what has happened with the curse. And I didn't think that worked at all. Uh, that they're servants. They work for the the beast. And I can understand finding fault with his parents or something like that. But to fault his to fault the people working for him, that seemed like a major stretch uh, in in the story. So okay, so there's the the curse is 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 a uh, is put on the castle, and I did like that the castle is kind of attached to the rose, and so when a petal falls, the 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 whole castle kind of falls apart. I, I thought that was that was good. So they also changed, so it's not the twenty first year. And so I got the impression that many decades had gone by, many 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 in between, just because like I said, the fashion was so different, the things were so different between the beginning scene and the, what you the fashion you see in the village, like what the triplets are wearing is so different than what you see in the party. And uh, so anyway, so then we get the opening bell number is coming next. And they decided to make Bell's house in the, in the center of the town. And one of the problems that I have with this film is that they don't make Belle odd enough. <laughs> she's not weird enough. Like she, she's just sort of talking to people and she's, you know, friendly with people. Nobody seems to have a problem with her. And in the animated film, she is the daughter of a weird kooky inventor. And so you kind of understand why she would then also be considered weird. But in this case, Maurice is an artist. And so he's not really that weird. And we'll talk more about some of the problems I had with his character, but it, I don't understand why they, she would feel like they just don't sell that she is weird. And, and one of the things they do in the animated film is she's the only one that ever wears blue in the film. And they don't do that here. 
And so just another way of sort of her standing out from everybody else. They also make the strange choice of having her dress be able to be bustled. And so you see her, her bloomers, which I thought was strange uh, and not in the way that it sort of made her odd, but I, I just, I don't think that somebody from that era, especially, uh, I think the bell would be more modest than that to show her bloomers all around town. Um, and so I don't know she's just very friendly for somebody who's a loner and, and nobody likes. Um, and it doesn't, it seems like people are friendly. Also, they decided to keep lyrics when I, when I don't think that they should. Like, for instance, we have the line, bonjour, good day. Uh, how is your family? Bonjour, good day. How is your wife? And the whole thing that makes that scene funny in the animated film is you have the wife hitting them over the head like that, you know, right there. And so it's sort of funny that he's flirting with this, this lady. Well, in here, like the wife's not there. And so it's just sort of weird. Um, and then you also, of course, have Emma Watson's singing, which, like we talked about, was horrible. And it's not just that it's auto-tune. Plenty of other musicals have had auto-tune. The problem with this is that, like, all the rest of the ensemble is really great. And so you have this, this track of sort of digitized singing on top of an ensemble that's tra traditional Broadway style. It sounds so out of place. It just really doesn't work at all. And uh, so also they say that she's the only bookworm in town. That doesn't really make sense when they have a school right there. And and so it seems hard to believe that there would, there would not be any bookworms at all when there's this school right in the town. And they did also change so the bookseller is in the church, uh, which, again, they have a school. I would think that they would have more books than in the church. Okay, so then we have... Uh, uh, then we get Gaston, our first introduction of Gaston. Gaston says, who needs her when... I mean, LeFou says, who needs her when you've got us? And so they make the choice of making Gaston a more sympathetic character. And I really like Luke Evans in this. But the problem is, it's kind of the same thing that like Belle's not odd enough. And also Gaston isn't mean enough. And uh, and yeah, uh, says, I, I totally agree with Belle not seemed as if she was always uh, say, totally agree with Belle not being weird enough. I feel bad for Emma Watson, though. She was just miscast. Yeah, I actually don't blame her. Like, I think if they just left her vocals, I actually would have preferred that. I would have preferred a, a weak singer to the weird digitized singer. I personally, at least. And, uh, and then Bianca says, Emma Watson was too restrained. It seemed as if she was always smirking. I agree. Uh, like she was afraid to show more than one emotion. Yep, I agree. Okay, so Gaston, he in this film, he actually is sort of trying hard to woo her. He gets flowers. He asks her to dinner. He says, I've changed. He's talking to her. Like there's nothing really. And then he, she says, uh, me, the wife of that boorish, brutish, like I, 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 I would be impressed if a guy was like, I mean, I'm a bookworm, I think. And I would be impressed if a guy was like giving me flowers and, and, uh, and, like asking me questions and, and, uh, and, you know, treating me, treating me nicely. Like he, I don't see anything that he did to her that would make her treat him this way or not be interested in him at all. 
And so I thought that that was sort of strange, especially because they make the choice of making her romantic in this. Later on, you find out that her favorite play is Romeo and Juliet. And I, I find it hard to believe that somebody whose favorite play is Romeo and Juliet, that she would not be sort of interested in Gaston and, and the efforts that he is making, which seems sincere uh, for all intents and purposes at this beginning point. So that is strange. Uh, so then we get Maurice. He sings his little song. And Maurice in this movie is like, seriously, uh, I don't know what you call it, if it's psychosis or problems. He's sweet. But like, he is grieving to like a, 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 uh, I, a seriously problem where he needs help. <laughs> because this is, his wife died when Belle was a baby. And he is still painting pictures of her on a daily basis. He still has multiple drawings. He's still making figurines of her. Like that's not healthy. That's actually really unhealthy. And we're supposed to believe that he would never have told Belle that her mother died of the uh, plague. I've, that just seems totally crazy to me, especially if, if you had moved to the town, if the whole reason had been to keep you safe. The idea that, that as close as they were, that they wouldn't have had that conversation seems completely, completely crazy to me. And like, it's just not healthy to grieve that long and to still be making paintings and stuff like that uh, all those years later. Um, so, but it was sort of a nice little song. He's, they decide to make him an artist here instead of a, a, a scientist. And again, that kind of makes him less weird. It makes, uh, the whole, the, the whole family less weird. So there you go. And, uh, and yeah, and no, he says by making him more sympathetic, they made Belle less likable. I agree. I agree. So uh, the it's also sort of weird. So Belle has a British accent. Her father has an American accent. Nobody in town has a British accent. So that doesn't really make sense. Uh, and so he says that small town uh, means safe. Again, if you were making that claim, you would explain it. You would explain it to your daughter. Why? And, and it really doesn't actually make sense because they have the plague in small towns too. So it, it doesn't make sense that you'd go to a small town to escape the plague. Um, so no, he says, I actually love Maurice. He was so nice and warm. The grief stuff was odd. All of the mother stuff seems strange to me. Yeah. Like it was a good performance. And again, I'm nitpicking here, totally nitpicking. Uh, and so take this all with a grain of salt. Um, so, uh, okay. And he says here, he says that they found themselves, uh, they, people mocked her until the day they found themselves imitating her. Nobody is mocking Belle. Nobody. <laughs> no one in the whole Belle scene. Not a single person mocked her. So I don't understand. Um, so he leaves and she says, bring me a rose. And then we find out that Belle has designed this washing machine. And so that she can read while she's washing. Again, this doesn't really tell me anything else about her character. We already know that she's a reader and that she's smart. And it, I, her, the fact that she made a washing machine doesn't really give me anything new. It's just sort of reiterating what we already know. And she's reading to children. Okay. Um, so then we have uh, Gaston. Uh, the, and he says, the only children you should be concerned with is yourself. 
uh, your own children. He says, some of us have changed. Uh, and he points out the spinster. And I think that Agatha the spinster, the enchantress, is sort of a weird character in this because what she does is so mean, if you really think about it, to these household objects. And uh, they, they make the decision to make the household, like I said, to make the household objects more accountable for what's going on. And so it just it just feels sort of a little bit more gloomy than it would otherwise feel, but she's like outside their house. And so it makes me think, did the enchantress want her, want Maurice to find the, the, the path? Is this all part of her plan with Belle? Is that why she's watching over her like that and right outside her house? That's sort of weird. And so, um, do, do, do. Uh, um, so Chip ends up being the first character that Maurice meets, which is different than in the animated film. Uh, animated film, it's Lumiere. Um, so he warms himself, he eats bread. Uh, he goes out, then he goes outside, gets the horse, and he takes the rose, and that's when the beast comes. One of the major problems that I have with the beast is that he is kind of stupid, <laughs> and I'll explain it a little bit more. Is he, uh, he, first of all, he takes Maurice as a prisoner for stealing the rose, which why is, are those roses that important to him? Those aren't the prized rose. What's the problem here? Uh, you think he would just, you know, just let him go. In fact, he tells, uh, you know, Bella, get out, you know, leave me alone kind of a thing. Well, so he ends up taking Maurice prisoner, which whatever for stealing the rose and Belle comes. And, uh, and so uh, she, let's see here. So her dress is still bustled up when she comes, which again, I thought was interesting. And uh, she's got these sort of boots on and she heads upstairs and she's not scared enough in this scene. She's supposed to, this is a beast. Uh, and uh, this is supposed to be sort of a devastating moment for her. And you never feel like it is a devastating moment for her. She, uh, she kind of tricks her father into her being the one and she tells her father i'm going to escape and so she never makes a promise in the in the uh, animated film she makes a promise to the beast which makes her have motivation for staying because she has made a promise whereas here they decide to make uh that not a to make her have this plan to escape, which I thought sort of weakened her, her character motivation a little bit, but anyway, and so she, cause it's just this devastating moment and it's so intense in the animated film. She's just given up her freedom. And in here, it's really doesn't feel like that. Cause you're like, Oh, she's just going to escape and she's got a plan and whatever. So it's not as intense as it was in the animated film. And so then we get another weird thing. So Lumiere, Again, they, they changed the dynamic about the curse, about making the uh, objects more accountable for what happens. And so instead of the idea of Bell breaking the curse coming from uh, the beast, or at least him being included, it's all Lumiere from the beginning. It's Lumiere's plan, Lumiere's uh, things, and it goes for a remarkably long time. And, uh, and Lumiere is the one who tells uh, the... Uh, she tells Belle, comes, here's your room, they, and the Beast isn't involved in that at all. And, uh, and in the animated film, they say, why don't you uh, 
find her a more hospitable room. And then it's Beast who then takes her to the room and says, what, do you want to stay in the dungeon? Kind of a thing. And so the Beast is just sort of more involved. And there's a scene in the animated film where the Beast, where they say, uh, have you thought about the fact that this girl could be the one to break the spell? And he says, of course I have. And in this one, he says, um, they, Lumiere creates this plan and, uh, and then, uh, he says that, uh, you're, he basically says like, you're crazy. That's nuts. Uh, that, that he would be, uh, uh that he would have this plan and, uh, and, um, let me find it. Sorry. Uh, so they, where is it? He says, uh, he says, you're making her dinner. And Lumiere says that, and they say, he says, it's a hopeless plan. It's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. And then, uh, he goes on to see, he calls them idiots. Uh, and, uh, and it doesn't make sense. Like in the animated film, uh, it makes sense that he'd be like, of course I've thought of that. And if you knew that everybody in this castle was going to die, if if they didn't if you didn't uh have break the curse i think that you would want to do everything in your power so if here's this woman then you would want to do everything in your power to try to make her the one who could break the per break the curse but continually even into the ballroom scene when he's getting ready he still tells uh lumiere well, she's, there isn't a one. She's not the one. He still doesn't believe that she's the one after all that we've experienced. That seems crazy to me. Like, I don't know. You think that he would just give it a shot. So anyway, uh, we also get a line that she says, I am not a princess. And it's like, okay, Disney, we get it. We've now gotten this so many movies in a row now. We don't need you to say that in every movie. Okay, and we get this wardrobe in her room. Well, the wardrobe, again, I think would be designing stuff for a different era than Belle is in. And it certainly would be designing a very different dress than the yellow dress, that's for sure. Um, then our next scene is the... Uh, do, 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 do. Okay... So our next scene is the Gaston song. And we find out that uh, it's sort of weird, the choices they made in this Gaston song, because uh, Lufu repeatedly throughout the course of the song has to pay people to participate in the song. He's supposed to be everyone's favorite guy, but clearly he's not. And he's supposed to be the town hero. He's a man who, through his sort of catalyst and 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 things he's supposed to be somebody that can get everybody to go face a beast in a mob and you don't buy that here you don't even think that they really like him which is weird and so i thought that was strange really the only people that seem to like gaston are the triplets and uh and they make gaston a military hero so you think all the more reason that he they would like him and so but you get the song and they all seem to kind of reluctantly uh, um, participate. And they do change a couple lines of the song to make Gaston uh, talk about his hunting skills. And I think they do that because at the end, Gaston shoots Beast twice. 
So I think that's why, to show like what a good shot he is. And so let's see here. You get the fencing segment. It's a little hard to understand some of the characters when they sing. And and I'll talk about it later and be our guest, but they they have it's sometimes on some of the characters, it's hard to see their faces. It's hard to see what they're saying. Uh, and you get a weird moment at the end of this scene uh, with Gaston with LeFou not being able to spell his best friend's name out, which seems a little crazy to me. And then they, they're like, well, I guess I'm illiterate. First of all, why in the heck would you make your first gay character illiterate? That is bizarre to me. And second of all, what does that add to this character? Like that just, I guess they're trying to say that's why he hangs out with Gaston or something. I don't know. But I thought that was a very strange element to add. Okay. Then uh, he's also very, very clingy. Very, very clingy. He even admits it at a certain point. Then Maurice comes in to the scene. And, uh, and again, he doesn't seem that weird. Like people don't seem that like, it's not crazy old Maurice like at all. And, so then Gaston agrees to go and help Maurice and find him. And he says, Captain, uh, thank you, Captain. And so when Maurice, a little bit later, absolutely refuses for Gaston to marry his daughter, it really doesn't make sense. Here's the only man who has agreed to help rescue his daughter. And he's gone out into the freezing cold. Why would you say there's no way that you'll ever be able to marry my daughter? That seems very strange. Okay. Then, uh, so we get, uh, so this is, then we get, uh, be our guest, uh, that, um, and, and the beast says she's the daughter of a common thief. And then beast, uh, and then Mrs. Potts says, you can't judge some people by their fathers. And, I think that this, again, it just doesn't make sense that he would, why on earth would he care about her being the daughter of a common thief? She could break the spell if only for the other people in the castle. Of course he's going to want her to break the spell. That's ridiculous. The idea that he would sort of be worried about her father and her ancestry is, is ridiculous. So anyway, um, uh, doo -doo -doo. So she's trying to escape. Uh, and then she says, you've taken me as your prisoner and now you want to have dinner. And again, this doesn't really, I think, make her sort of more of a feminist character. I think that the sort of desperation in the animated film, when she is like, never, I will never uh, in that one, I think that that comes off as much more heartfelt and much more devastating. And, uh, and and see, so, you Nook know, says the Gaston's character changes made no sense. He should have been less sympathetic and more liked by the town. He doesn't feel like a villain until the end. And then, he, yeah, I agree. Um, so it's it's a problem. Uh, and Cogsworth says to the Beast, or he says after he leaves, he says, "I was really going to tell him off this time." They've this has been many years again, like you see, it's been a, a serious change from like Marie Antoinette time period to like wherever they're at now. And now is just the time when he wants to tell him off. Uh, so it just didn't make sense sort of their characters and their interactions. And, and so Mrs. Potts, I thought was just flat her expressions. You couldn't see her um, chip is it's kind of a sad thing that he's like a boy forever. And this has been many decades of him being a boy. Uh, and so, uh, and 
and also, like, I wonder, so they introduced this idea of this book that teleports him that the enchanters gave him why would the enchanters do that this is a curse i guess he says that it's oh it's the greatest curse of all to be able to see into uh the other worlds and stuff but that actually seems like a really freeing thing why wouldn't he go uh if he loves paris if he loves her things why wouldn't he go and like why wouldn't he use his this book as an opportunity to kind of show people the person that he really is you think that if you were in this situation for 30 years you would try everything you would try talking to people you would try you would try everything uh, that you could possibly do and like and especially because uh in the design of the beast they made him pretty human like his face is human he has fingers and so i don't think that that people i don't think it'd be like the elephant man or something especially if you're a prince and you have money and you can you know wine and dine people and whatever um so uh, do, 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 do. Okay, then we get uh, Mrs. Potts says, people say a lot of things in rage. It's our choice to listen to him. I don't think he's all that rage-inducing. He just seems to not care. That's my biggest problem, uh, is, is that he just doesn't seem to care about all these people and, 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 and trying to break the curse. Okay, so then we have... Uh, we do have a wandering accent with Lumiere. It kind of flows in and out, in and out. Uh, then we get Be Our Guest, which was pretty fun, I thought. Uh, he does say, again, they, they should have changed some lyrics, I think, because he says, uh, the, with my fellow candlesticks, but it's not candlesticks, it's a candelabra. It's not a candlestick. Um, and, uh, and they change it to, too long we've been resting instead of uh, 10 years we've been resting. And, and also in the scene where it's sort of Busby Berkeley and it's kind of looking down and you see all the, the punch and everything like that in the animated film, it's all silverware. And that makes sense because there's silverware in here. It's all feather dusters, which seems kind of strange. Why in the world would you have that many feather dusters in your house? Um, do to do. Okay. So there's also a Taj Mahal kind of building. And I don't know where that came from. And you get, uh, you, so then the next scene is you get Mrs. Potts telling Belle, oh, the master isn't as bad as he seems. And you could have her escape right then. The door is right there. She could escape. What's Miss Potts going to stop her? No, but she decides to go up to the West Wing, which makes no sense. It doesn't really make sense in the animated film. I give her that credit on the first day that you're going to go to the West Wing, but especially when she has the opportunity to escape. It really doesn't make sense. But that's what she does, and uh, and so uh, the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the library coming up. Uh, so uh, we get the the peek into the West Wing, and you see that his father has been uh, cr crashed out of the painting, and you see there's a bunch of carcasses there, which I thought was interesting, and uh, they. <coughs> And then the beast gets really upset. They all try to stop her. Please don't go. Please don't go. And and it's just it's just kind of strange to me. Like they're the only ones that want this curse to be broken. He's very selfish. The beast. In some ways, he's more selfish than in uh, in the uh, than Gaston in this version. Uh, so 
And it also kind of makes his decision to save her with the wolves kind of illogical. Why is he trying to save her? If, I mean, why does he care? He's, he's, he's shown no, no sign of caring uh, up until that point. So, and I still think he looks like Krampus, like a goat man. And, uh, so Gaston, then we get, I don't understand why Gaston is so upset. He's agreed to go with Marius. How long is this, this wagon, you know, whatever tri trip? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it was that far. And, and in this scene, uh, between the two of them, Marius tells Gaston, there's no way my daughter will ever marry you. Here's this person who's helping him. Like, that seems illogical. That made no sense. Um, and so then uh, Gaston ties him up. And, and LeFou says, go back to the war. Explosions. Countless widows. And, I don't know, that just seemed kind of random to all of a sudden bring up the war as sort of a, a way, like, uh, to make, like, our veterans. Or, I don't know, it just seemed like a weird thing to kind of uh, make him villainous is his military service. Um, and he says, you will never marry my daughter. Uh, I wouldn't say that to someone who's helping me and, and trying to help uh, the only one in the town. Uh, so she comes back and Mrs. Potts says, we are eternally grateful. And, uh, and Belle tells them you did nothing. And he, she says, oh, well, we saw what he was doing to this little boy and we did nothing. And that seems crazy to me. Again, how can servants be responsible for reversing a curse uh, or, or, or helping or stopping the master of the house, the father, from manipulating and, and badly parenting a little boy? Especially if you're talking about a king and a prince. That's just, that's not going to happen. So we get the song Days in the Sun, um, which I thought was, uh, it starts with the boy beast and the harpsichord, the objects, Mrs. Potts very sad song and this song was in place of human again and I, I i think that one of the things that the animated film does is it kind of lightens the mood a little bit it keeps it from being too gloomy and this song certainly doesn't do that uh and this is the song where audra mcdonald sings and then bell sings right after her <laughs> so you don't want emma Ta emma watson does not want to sing right after uh audra mcdonald four-time tony winner and so let's see here. And I didn't get the impression that Belle had really learned a lot. She's just been rescued, but why, why is she says I'm stronger now, but still not free. I don't understand why she's stronger. Uh, so Belle finds out that they're just going to become objects after, and she says, I want to help you. And, and then they say, we've made our bed and we must lie in it. Why have they made their bed? What did they do? What could they have done? That seems crazy. So the enchantress comes and frees Mar Maurice, which also seems weird because why wouldn't she help these people in this in this castle? Why wouldn't she do? Why would she help Maurice and not help them? Uh, and then we find out that Romeo and Juliet is her favorite play. And then this is where we get the library scene. And the library scene was totally underwhelming, I thought. Uh, and uh, Bianca says, I'm sorry, but the scene where Beast shows her the library was disappointing because in the animated version, we literally saw Belle's face light up. 
The beast had her keep her eyes closed and the curtains pulled back and the sun lit her face. It was so magical. It was so disappointing. And yeah, because in the animated film, the library is a sign of the beast's thoughtfulness of her, that he's listening to her and that he loves her. And it's a gift, a special gift that he is giving to her. And, you know, he asks Lumiere, like, what can I do to show her uh, chocolates? I think it's something like flowers, chocolates. Uh, and he says, no, no, it must be something, something better. And so then he takes her to this library. In this case, it's just kind of like, well, here's the library. Yeah, here they all are. It's not a gift. It's not an expression of love. He's still kind of disengaged from the whole process at this point, which I didn't really like at all. Okay, so then we have, uh, she reads to him a bit, and, and they talk about uh, a little bit about books, but it's more just to show how romantic Belle is, which again, I thought was sort of weird, that he likes King Arthur, and she likes Guinevere and Lancelot's story. And for playing this sort of modern feminist sort of version, you know, where she's spurning Gaston, who's doing basically the same things, that, how different is Gaston from Lancelot? not that different and so so i i think that uh if if uh she was really a romantic i think she would be more interesting gaston and and so i felt like it sort of didn't really work with sort of this more modern version of bell we also get this scene where uh in the animated film she throws a snowball at him and then there's this giant snowball and it plops right on uh, the beast's head instead of uh, and, and in this, he takes the giant snowball, throws it at her, and she gets knocked down. And this is supposed to be when he's trying to woo her, when he's trying to impress her. And again, it just seems like he doesn't care at all about, about this. And uh, Lumiere says, it's, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, wait, no. Um. Okay, here we go. Sorry. I don't know if anybody will even find this interesting. I have no idea. Uh, so uh, then we find out your village sounds terrible. Uh, and they didn't seem that mean to me. They really didn't. And that's when he shows her the teleportation book. And again, why wouldn't you have used this all the time to try to get help, to try to find somebody, whatever you could do? And, uh, and then later on, why he doesn't have her use it to go to get her father is very strange. So they go, I, I wasn't sure when they go to Paris, I wasn't sure is this is Paris in the past or if this was Paris still today and that house was still vacant for some reason uh, and still had all their stuff because of the plague. And, and so they go back and that's when she sings Paris of my childhood and I thought that was the best singing that Emma Watson did in that song uh, because it was written for her. And so it had a more narrow range as opposed to the other songs. Uh, but it was still kind of a forgettable song, I thought. And I, I just don't buy that Maurice wouldn't have told Belle about this. It, it just seemed false to me. And uh, so, and she says, let's go home. And I don't, by that she would see the castle as home yet. We don't know how long this has been, but that seemed strange to me. And then we get Gaston goes to the pub. Maurice is there 
And the townspeople are all sort of listening to him. They're all like, why did you try to kill Maurice? What's going on? And again, like this is not the kind of townspeople that would follow Gaston to face a beast. They would just all sort of leave. Like they wouldn't be rallied by him. And so it's a problem. And you also get the point where LeFou uh, is, uh, is asked and he denies it. And uh, and you don't really have the same kind of thinking that Bell and that Gaston does. You know, you've got the great line, the foo, I'm afraid I've been thinking, a dangerous pastime, I know. And you don't get that here because he's just kind of following people. And like in the uh, in the animated film, he goes and he gets the uh, undertaker or the asylum, whatever, and he creates this plan to manipulate Bell. And I think that that makes him more, like, the more calculated you are, the more of a bad person that you are. So then we get the dance. And the dance seems kind of random. They were just like, oh, well, we were talking. And we thought, hey, why not have a dance? Well, that was weird. And there's four pedals left. And uh, she, um, he says, um, uh, Lumiere says, she is the one. And the beast says, there is no one. That seems crazy. Of course there's one that's going to break the spell. How can he not believe that at this point? Uh, and so he should be trying to do everything he can to break this darn spell. Uh, and she has this weird ear ornament that I didn't really like. I know, like I said, super nitpicky. But uh, then the room gives her gold dress. Uh, these golden ornaments. And it was a pretty, it was a fine dress, but I definitely don't think it's a dress that that wardrobe would have designed. Uh, and no gloves. It felt very informal. And uh, it just didn't feel like the dress for, for that kind of event. Uh, she has no gloves. And, uh, and then Emma Thompson sings Beauty and the Beast. And the room starts playing, which I thought was kind of clever, having the instruments play along with the song. So uh, if Belle is such a romantic, uh, then I would think that she would sort of be more invested in this whole experience with the dancing and the dress and everything like that. Uh, but it just felt flat. I think it's partly because the, the Beast's face was so flat and so unemotive and and like i said i just thought all almost all the character designs were very unemotive and very uh, hard to sort of see their faces and get get that personality um you also had i forgot to say the scene where they're uh, where they're drinking soup eating soup and you see him pick up his plate and she picks up her plate uh, her bowl and that doesn't really make sense because he has fingers why can't he use silverware um okay so here we go he says, foolish for me to hope a creature like me to earn your, could earn your affection. Uh, could you be happy here? And uh, he's just barely said there is no one. Like, uh, so I don't understand why he's suddenly asking her this question. And, and she says, can anyone be happy uh, if they are not free? So that was pretty good. Pretty good line. He says, and that's when. Uh, she finds out about her dad and she, so she goes charging off in the yellow dress, which I thought was a little ridiculous. Like put on a coat for goodness sakes. You're going out into the snow. Um, uh, so let's see here. 
Also, there's some weird things where the size of Mrs. Potts changes drastically throughout the film. Uh, there's one scene where they're all kind of lined up, and Mrs. Potts is like a third or half the size of Cogsworth in that scene. She's so small. And then other times she's big. Other times she has tons of water that she's, you know, flowing everywhere. And she looks like a child's, like, teapot in that scene. Um... Uh, do, 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 do. And and then uh, the beast says, "Sorry, I couldn't do the same for you." As far as letting, uh, giving them their freedom, he didn't try very hard. I don't feel like. <laughs> and that's when he sang sings evermore, which I also thought was a pretty good song. Uh, I don't like love it, but it's fine. And uh, and uh, she says, "I know she'll never leave me, even as she runs away." She didn't run away. She was. You let her go to save her father. She's not running away. Um, so Belle comes with the yellow dress. Uh, she gets up to the uh, to Gaston, and that's when she says, "He's not the monster. You are." And and aside from the incident with uh, wrapping uh, Marius to the tree, which seemed like a strange response, I think that Gaston should would have just left. He he wouldn't have done that to her to him especially if he still somehow believes that he wants to marry her which seem, seems crazy and and then he tells uh, lufu do you want to be the next do you want to be next uh so i don't know it's hard to believe that at this point gaston would uh um it's hard to believe that gaston would be able to rally this mob at this point with what he's done uh especially when they seem to like maurice pretty well and bell uh so and then lefou says there's a beast run amok uh but it's the uh but it's the wrong uh, uh one that's been released or something something along those lines mrs potts says this is the first time I've had any hope that she would break a spell. How can that possibly be true? They've been together. They've been talking about books and, and Guinevere and, and, and eating meals together. And so how can that possibly be the first time that you've hoped that she could have been the one? That makes no sense. Okay. So then they have a conversation uh, that between Maurice and Belle. She said, I had to leave to protect you. And again, I just don't believe that he wouldn't wouldn't have told her this before. And let's see here. Um, Mrs. Potts is offended by being called a grandmother. And then they attack. And that was all pretty normal. Um, but she also, before she leaves, she takes off her yellow dress and is just in her uh, underdress. And I don't think you'd do that. Why would you do that? We'd want to have as much clothing as you possibly could. If you're going back into, like, I know it's still not very much clothing, but you still want to have as much as you could. Um, and then, okay, so then the wardrobe uh, has dresses the three men in drag. And that's supposed to be funny, I guess. I guess, whatever. Um, Mrs. Potts uh, says, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mrs. Potts tells... Uh, LeFou that he's better than than Gaston and he's, he says I used to be on Gaston's side and I don't how how would she possibly know that um, and and I think it seems a little bit ridiculous that Gaston wouldn't have helped LeFou up uh, out of 
when he's pinned down like that. I mean, come on. Um, so the thing, this final conflict that they have. So the beast in the animated film is just completely devastated and sad. And he lets Gaston push him around and, uh, you know, and Gaston says, were you in love with her beast? Did you honestly think that she'd want you and she could have someone like me? And it, and you just see him just getting kind of beat up and it's really, really sad. And then he sees a bell and he lights up and he's happy and everything like that. And, and so in this one, uh, it's very different. Uh, he has his guest on has his gun and, uh, and he does say that line about, do you honestly think she'd want you and she'd have someone like me? But he's just not as, like, devastated. He's not as sad. He's not allowing Gaston to, like, push him around in the same way, which I think was so much more effective. And you see Belle very early on uh, in this scene. And so it just doesn't get to the same levels of emotion, just like the same thing when she, when she uh, uh, gives away her freedom. It just isn't as devastating. It's not as intense. And so the CGI in this sequence was also terrible with, it looked like, it reminded me of, I don't know, just a really, like kind of reminded me of Twilight when the, the wolf's in Twilight, when he's jumping around from tower to tower to tower, I thought it looked really bad. And so you get the scene where he's holding Gaston by the neck uh, and he says, you know, let me go, let me go, let me go. And the, and he says, don't hurt me beast. And Beast says, I am not a beast. We've never gotten any sign that he's sensitive about that or that he would care about that. I, I thought that was sort of strange. And then Gaston shoots him twice. And uh, so, I, I don't know. I just feel like even that's not as intimate as like plunging a knife into his back. Like that's pretty, pretty intense. So the Beast dies. And then this is a major change that they made. So... Instead of having the love of Belle change uh, change the beast, and and then it starts to change everybody else, they changed it up. So they have the beast actually dies, and then the enchantress comes and sees them, and the 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 last petal falls. Well, then you see all of the household objects change into household objects and it's pretty sad and as a very morose scene and so it's actually not the words of bell that break the curse it's actually the enchantress who comes in and sees what's happened and changes and 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 restores the rose and and brings everybody back to life brings the beast kind of resurrects him and i i feel like that's not as powerful as like the words i love you changing everything uh so uh, I actually don't mind dance when you see Dan Stevens, because uh, I, I, I like Dan Stevens very much. Uh, I think he's an attractive guy, so that didn't bother me. Um, some of the other ones I felt like looked a little just weird. I just didn't feel any. I, I think that's true in the animated film as well, uh, with the exception of uh, Mrs. Potts. I, I liked her in the animated film better than here as far as her physical appearance. And let's see here. And the Enchantress has kind of put off the hook when it really what she's done is pretty mean, I think, here. Um, so then the castle gets restored. And Belle is still sort of wearing her underdress, which is kind of strange. And, and then you get to the wedding. 
uh, months later, I guess, and you see her wedding dress, which was pretty, and uh, you see Audrey McDonald singing Beauty and the Beast, and it sounds so good. You're like, good singing, yay! And then they stop, and then Emma Thompson starts singing, and you're like, no, give me back to my four-time Tony winner. I, I, why did you do that? Um, so, <laughs> and this is when you get the exclusively gay moment with LeFou. Uh, he's with dancing with the girl almost the whole scene. And then at the very end, you see him go whoop with a man, which was ridiculous. I don't think the gay men are like dancing with girls all the time and then just have like one dance with a guy. I, I don't think that that was working. It's just like was so overhyped, so ridiculous. And um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all my notes. Holy cow. That was a lot. <laughs> I don't know if anybody will be interested in all of that. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a it's a I think it's kind of a, a I think it is a perfectly acceptable fairy tale for kids. But I just don't think it's it's nearly as memorable as the animated film. I just think they didn't really do anything that expanded upon the characters in a meaningful way. I thought they made some odd choices about the accountability of the objects. And, uh, and, and I thought they made some odd choices with Gaston's character development, with Belle's character development. It just not making her that odd, not making Gaston that evil. And so it's, it's pleasant. It's fine. Kids are going to love it. But I, 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 I think it's a uh, sloppy seconds compared to the animated film. That's for sure. Uh, so anyway, that's my long, long kind of uh, spiel on that. And I don't know if anybody else has, uh, anyone watching has any other questions. Um, but But, you know, so... That, I guess that is it. Uh, let me know what you think of all of these different things that I talked about and different things I revealed. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know, uh, what those different kind of nitpicks and, and points and stuff like that uh, mean to you and, and what you thought of them. Uh, so uh, thanks so much. And uh, please subscribe to my channel. And I will uh, make sure there weren't any... <laughs> Um, we did a question. Was there any nitpicky sort of thing, little detail that you liked? And uh, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to sound so negative. It just, uh, I don't know. Um, what did I like? I, I liked that they, I guess, I mean, in a way, I kind of liked that LeFou had more choices. And I didn't like the illiterate thing. That was weird. But I liked some of that. I liked uh, the... I mean, I didn't mind that she was an inventor. It didn't really add a lot of the stuff that I, I didn't really mind, but it didn't really add a whole lot either. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, the, I liked that the, um, uh, I liked how the instruments were playing on the wall. That was pretty good. It was a nitpicky thing that I thought was pretty clever and I liked how the the room kind of added the gold uh, I, I liked the the gold uh, added to her dress in the room that was pretty good um, 
And uh, and he says, you didn't at all, but some of the details were nice. So I wanted to know if you agreed. Yeah. I mean, I loved the group scenes on the ensemble scenes. I, I loved like the costumes and how lush it was. And, and uh, I thought that if they had gotten a better singer, I think I would have loved those scenes. I would have been out of my mind for those scenes. Uh, and I did like Be Our Guest. I didn't have really that much negative to say about that. That was a lot of fun. And uh, so... Yeah, I liked. I, I'll tell you that the the nitpick that I really did like was the castle falling apart. That's one I liked. That uh, that as the 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 rose fell, so did pieces of the castle. So that I liked. So there you go. <laughs> so anyway, so that's my thoughts on this Beauty and the Beast. And uh, so let me know what you think about some of these things I pointed out. And uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.